Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Pop quiz. Come on, somebody. You know what a pop quiz is? You weren't expecting it, but you had to do it anyhow. That's a pop quiz. Hallelujah. You had one thing planned and one thing to do. And the Lord says, no, I got something else I want you to say. And literally, and Tia is my witness because I sent her what I thought was my message um, yesterday. Sent it to her by email so she could be ready to put it on the screen. And then even practice it by preaching the same message in London on yesterday on the Zoom. So I said, okay, I got this. And then I'm driving on my way to the church and the Lord says, that's not the word for the house. I need you to give them the word that I gave you for the house for this moment and for this hour. So you'll find us in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And I would ask that you would join me at verse number 24. Hallelujah. Join me there. Verse 23, rather. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 23. But every man in his own order. Christ, the first fruits afterward. They that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father. And he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he have put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 14. Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Please forgive the saltiness of my subject Tell death, Jesus said, go to hell. God bless you. You can be seated. Tell death that Jesus said, go to hell. Tashatanama. Woo, God. As I said a moment ago, this was not the message that was planned by Pastor Davis. But it was the message that was summoned by the Holy Ghost. And given the recent events that our church has faced and our families have faced, the Holy Ghost said to me, you cannot be afraid to confront death. you got to confront death. You can't hide from death. You can't run from death. 
You can't avoid death. You have to biblically confront death. Because death is a reality that many of us have had to face recently. Just in the last three months, from January through March 31st, we said goodbye to Associate Pastor Dwight Allen. We said goodbye to Mother Rebecca Carter. We said goodbye to Mother Lucy Giles. We said goodbye to Mother Betty Jenkins. And this week, we said goodbye to Associate Pastor Clark. And every one of these people, we loved. Every one of these people, we prayed for. I prayed for every person whose name I called. I prayed for God to touch them. I prayed for God to heal them. I prayed for God to deliver them. And it wasn't just simply something to do because I've prayed for other people. And they lived. Come on, somebody. Prayed for Jamie a few years ago when he was facing death and the Lord spared his life. I met one, one Sunday morning. My wife wasn't feeling well, and we got up and went to the urgent care in Mebane. And um, while we're walking into the waiting area, there is sitting um, Elder Dokes and Nikita. And Elder Dokes fell into a life-threatening situation. And in my wife's sickness, she turns to me and says, you need to go over there and pray for Steve right now. And I prayed for Steve, and Steve is still with us. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank God for his healing virtue. So what do you how do you deal with the fact that you know God heals? You know God delivers. And yet death takes people that we love. Death takes people that we care about. And we've all had to face this. And, as, and, and, and we know just what we know. I rem just this week I was reaching out because Sister Nikita lost another aunt and is in Birmingham. They're returning today. And I was reaching out to, to them to comfort them. And then Steve began to tell me about all the friends and all the loved ones that he's lost on his side. And everybody sitting here can name a name of a person that was with us last year that is not with us this year, that was with us perhaps last month that is not with us this month, that was with us perhaps this week that is no longer with us. And I'm going to say this, and, 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 and it might not sound religiously correct, but I hate death. I hate death. Death took my mother from me. Death took my nephew from me. Death took my mother and my father-in-law. My grandparents all were touched and our lives were changed, changed completely by death. But then the Lord was talking to me this morning as I was driving and he asked me this question, do we really understand death? We fear it, and we don't like it, and we all struggle with it, but do we understand death? What do we understand about death? We know death is a reality. We know that death hurts, and it hurts those who are left behind. 
And even though we, we and we use all the cliches, and, and I've used them, that God is too wise to make a mistake, and we say that God, what earth's lost is heaven's gain. We say all of those cliches, but when it's all said and done, we all deal with the reality of that death, that person that is taken from us. And it doesn't matter whether they're 9 or 90. When they leave us, we think they left us too soon. My mother was, my grandmother was 95 years old when she died, and for me that was too soon because I wanted to keep grandma here just a little bit longer because of our relationship and our connection. Most of us fear death because he is unknown. He's unknown. We don't know him. You don't get to meet him personally until you die, and then you don't get the privilege to come back and tell other folk what it's like. Because perhaps you would tell them it's not so bad. Hallelujah. But we don't get that privilege. So we don't know. Everybody has these theories and some of them are, are, are erroneous. We tell people, well, you know what? Now they're an angel. No, they're not an angel. They're a person. Come on, somebody. God didn't make them an angel because they died. Oh, they're looking down on me right now. No, they're waiting for the rapture. Come on, somebody. And they're resting in the arms and in the bosom of Jesus Christ. So we have to deal with, but at, so death is unknown. And, 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 and I just wanted to spend a few minutes today just talking about death and hopefully giving you some context to put everything in place. That first of all, death was birthed through the disobedience of man. Death is not eternal. Oh, God, I need... I need you to put something right there. Death is not eternal. Death had a beginning, and death's going to have an ending. Oh, hallelujah. Death started with Adam, and through Adam's disobedience, the Lord told Adam, the day that you eat of the fruit, thou shalt surely die. And the moment Adam was disobedient to God, death became a reality for humanity. But I came to tell you, if something has a start, it has an ending. God's the only thing that's eternal. Come on, somebody. Oh, God, no beginning of days, no ending of years. Death is not eternal. Death had a beginning, so death is going to have an end. Bible says, wherefore, as one man, by, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed unto all men, for all have sinned. Death became a reality for humanity because everybody that has been born has sinned. You, me, all of us have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Death literally in its original context means separation. When a person dies, their spirit is separated from the body. It's the body that has a time limit. It's the body that has an expiration date. But you have in you an eternal spirit that is not going to die. But when you die physically, death separates you. It separates your spirit from your body. What we see before us in the funeral is the shell of the person. It's like driving by somebody's house and say he used to live there. Come on, somebody. But you know what the Bible says? That we believe that if this tabernacle of this earthly house be dissolved, we have another building. Oh, God. Oh, God. If the Lord should tarry, the day might come when you might attend the funeral of Pastor David. But when you come to my funeral, just tell the folk he moved. Oh, Shataya. Oh, God, he moved. He moved. He's left this place and he's moved to the next place.
Oh, God, he moved. Oh, God. Mike is not eternally dead. Mike just moved. Oh, God. I'm waiting for that next house. Oh, God. Y'all ain't getting this. Waiting for that next house. Waiting for that because this corruptible must put on what? Incorruption. Mortal must put on immortality. But a worse, and, and, and I need to tell you that there's a worse death than physical death. And that's spiritual death. And spiritual death is when you are separated from God. And you can be breathing and be spiritually dead. Your heart can be pumping. Your brain can be active. You can be physically alive, but spiritually dead. In fact, there are a whole lot of people, might be some sitting right here, that are physically alive. But you're spiritually dead. Because if you don't know Jesus, you're dead. You, you're the walking dead. Come on, somebody. you just like them zombies on TV. Come on, somebody. Walking around, trying to exist. But there's no life because life begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. But spiritual death is not a disaster if you get saved. Tell somebody, if you get saved, it's not a disaster because all of us, the Bible says, ye who were dead in trespasses and in sin. Anybody here remember being unsaved? Anybody here remember life outside of Christ? That's death, but thank God for the life that came in. Oh God, somebody want to praise God right now for being saved. Thank God for the life that came with Jesus Christ. So spiritual death is not Tragedy, it's an opportunity. You have the opportunity right now to be saved. Every one of us that's not saved, you have the opportunity right now to be saved. Because there's another death that's a possibility. And that's eternal death. And eternal death starts when you die outside of Christ. Oh God. You know whenever somebody dies. It, it's, it's a morbid habit. Whenever somebody dies. People want to know how did they die. Was it a heart attack? Was it a stroke? What is, was it COVID? Was it cancer? Was it diabetes? Was it hypertension? How did they die? And the best testimony for a believer. When they ask how did they die? They died in Christ. Oh, God. Oh, God. How you want to die, Bishop? I want to die in my sleep, and I want to die in Christ. Okay, y'all, y'all can, y'all, I can be honest. I don't want to feel it. I want to shut my eyes on this side and open my eyes in glory. But I want to die in Christ. Oh, God. Because there's hope for the believer that dies in Christ. Because if you die outside of Christ, my brother, my sister, you are eternally lost lost and honestly and truly those are the people that I weep for I cry for myself when a saint dies because they've been removed from my company and the humanity in me cries for the loss of that person I don't cry for them I cry because of them. 
because they're not with me. And because I love them, I want them with me. I told you, my grandmother was 95 years old. She told me, I, I heard her say it at my grandfather's funeral. She said, Rocky, I'm coming right behind you. And we buried granddaddy in December. And we buried grandma in August. Because she said she was ready to go. Because her husband was gone. But I wanted to hold her. So I cried when she left me. I didn't cry for her because I knew my grandmother was saved. I cried for the loss of that person. But when, and I've known people, I'm going to say it. I've known people that I cried at their passage. Because I knew they died without Christ. And if you die without Christ, and I know this is not what you want to hear on Resurrection Sunday, but if you die outside of Christ, hell will be your portion. Oh, God, if you live this life, that's why every day that the sun rises, every day that your eyes open, every day that breath runs through your body, it's an opportunity to give your life to the Lord. And the word commands that the day you hear my voice. Harden not your heart. Oh, God, you don't have to be in church to hear Pastor Davis, but if you're not saved, God talks to you every day saying you need to come now. You need to come now. Don't wait till tomorrow. If you're a backslider, the voice of God is chasing you right now saying you need to come back because it's getting late in the evening and the sun is sinking down. You need to get it right. Because you think about this. We exercise. We try to eat right. We try to do right by our bodies to extend our natural life. We work out. We exercise. We do. We walk. Come on, somebody. All that to improve our physical body. What are you doing to ensure the health of your spirit? Oh, God. What are you doing to ensure the vitality of your soul because you only got one soul. I'm almost done. Here's some realities about death. Everybody grieves, but the death of a believer is grieved differently because of what we know about death. Death is real. Death is painful to those of us who are left behind. But I came and the Lord told me, confront death. Death has already been defeated by Jesus Christ. Oh, God. You say, how can you say that, Bishop? Because Mike died on Tuesday. But long before Mike died, Jesus died. Oh, God. Long before Betty died, Jesus died. Long before Dwight died, Jesus died. And when Jesus died, he died to defeat death. You know what he did? He tasted death for every one of us so that we don't have to taste death. Oh, hallelujah. That's why it was so challenging because how does an eternal God that exists from everlasting to everlasting, die. And that's why God had to come as Jesus Christ. Because the eternal spirit of God cannot die. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. 
So what did God do? He put himself in a body that looked like yours, looked like mine, frail like you, frail like me. Put himself in a body, wrapped himself in flesh. And the Bible says in Philippians, he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We know he had power over death because he went to the tomb of Lazarus, his friend that had died. And he called Lazarus out of the grave, dead for four days, body beginning to decompose. But Lazarus heard the voice of the Almighty. God say Lazarus come forth and Lazarus had to get up in his grave clothes and walk out of the grave why because the eternal God called him out of the grave but this is different this is now the God that was in flesh beaten whipped slapped crown of thorns on his head, dying from the exhaustion of carrying probably an eight-foot cross through the streets of Jerusalem and being nailed to the cross. And death is looking at this spectacle and saying, I don't understand how this can happen. But, he, but death and the demons of hell are celebrating because here is the God of glory hanging on a tree. But what they didn't understand was that as Jesus hung on that tree, he carried my sins on the tree. As Jesus hung on the tree, he carried your sins on the tree. As Jesus hung on the tree, he carried your mistakes and your shortcomings and all of the things that you would do on the tree. Isaiah understood it because Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquity and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we're healed. Oh God, but he carried our sin to the cross and he died for our sins but he died and I can imagine death said go get him boys because now we've got God in our clutches but what he didn't understand was he was coming to hell and to death to upset things he wasn't coming there to be a prisoner like Abraham Isaac and Jacob because they sat and waited for centuries for the coming of the Messiah the Bible says they died in faith having not seen the promise but they believed in the promise oh God I believe a patriarch said I shall see him but not now I shall behold him but not now but when death grabbed him death looked at him and said this can't be possible you're the eternal God but Jesus said take me to hell because that's where I came to go oh hallelujah take me into death and he wrapped himself in the clutches of death but he was an inside job. The best way to blow up a jail is not from the outside. It's to bust it up from the inside. If you're trying to mess up something, the best way you mess it up is to go on the inside and break it into pieces. So God said I'm going into hell to deal with hell once and for all. So he goes into hell spends three days and three nights in hell. The Bible says in Peter that he preached to the souls that were in prison preached to them until the flame went out and a new fire broke out called the Holy Ghost right down there and David got happy Isaac got happy Isaiah got happy 
David broke out in a song and said, lift up your heads, oh ye gates, even lift them up, the everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Oh my God, in a resurrection morning, he didn't say we breaking out, he looked at death and said, hand me those keys. Oh my God, death said, I run this. He said, no, I'm God in heaven. I'm God in the earth. I'm God in hell. I'm going to tell you one more time. Give me those keys. And when he walked out of hell, he declared, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Shout hallelujah. Oh God, shout hallelujah. I came to remind the saints that yes, people die, but Jesus has taken the sting out of death. I've watched saints expire. I've watched them breathe their last breath. And somebody that knows Jesus doesn't die like everybody else. Yes, the flesh clings to life, but the spirit is transitioned from this place to the next place. Because the Bible says to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. Saints, I pray for people. Lord, don't take them. Lord, keep them here. But I sincerely believe that when they get one glimpse of the peace of God, one glimpse of the rest of God, they say, y'all go on. I'm going to stay right here and wait for the rapture. Shout hallelujah. I'm going to wait till the trump sounds. I'm going to wait till the dead rise. I'm going to wait. Oh, God, tell the old that are alive and remain shall be caught up. I got to close. My time is up. But the Bible says that the last enemy that shall be destroyed. Oh, God, he's dealt with the devil. He's dealt with the demons. But the last enemy is going to be death when he's delivered the kingdom up to God and put all power, all principality under his feet. He's going after death. Death robbed of your mother. Death robbed of your father. Death robbed of your children. Death robbed of your friend. But tell death that Jesus said go to hell. Oh, hallelujah. Tell death that Jesus said you have no power. You have no victory. You have no authority. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Well, if death doesn't have the victory, who has the victory? We got the victory. Right now, we'll cry and dance. We'll weep and rejoice. We'll commiserate and celebrate. Because we have the victory right now.
Come on, stand. I'm done. Come on, stand. I'm done. If you want to know how a story turns out, go to the end of the book. Oh, God. So this morning, I went to the end of the book, brother, and I read that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Oh, I'm waiting for that day. Come on, somebody. I'm waiting for that day when I watch Jesus throw that book of death into the lake of fire. I'm waiting for that day. You think I'm dancing now? Wait till I see the destruction of death, the end of death, the conquering of death. What's our response? First of all, no more fear. Oh, God. I want to live for as long as God says. But I'm not going to live in fear. Because if I'm saved, any saved people in here? If I'm saved, if I'm saved, all death does is usher me into the rest that belongs to the people of God. That's all death does. That's all death does. He ushers you into rest. That's all he can do. Before Jesus, he could hold them in the lockup. Oh, God. But you know what happened? The day Jesus, Jesus died, the Bible says the graves flew open. Oh, God. All the graves opened up. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, all the graves opened up. And on resurrection morning, the saints got up. Jesus got up first, but they got up with Jesus. They got up with Jesus. He's the first fruit of them that slept. Jesus got up, shook Abraham, say, wake up, Abraham. I'm taking you to that city that builder and maker is me. Wake up, David. I need somebody to sing. Wake up, Isaiah. Your faith is now sight. Wake up. Oh, God. In the same way he woke up the Old Testament saints, he's going to wake up the New Testament saints. Oh, somebody help me praise him. The same way he woke up. The Old Testament saints. He gonna wake up the New Testament. Oh, God. I wish there was somebody that could praise the Lord right now for the power of the resurrection. Come on, praise him right now for the power that is in the resurrection. Oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. Bishop. Bishop. How can you praise God? Your friend of 40 years died. But we believe that those that sleep in Jesus, oh God, that we that are alive shall not prevent or go in front of. Those 
sleep in him. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and the trump of God. I don't know if you realize it, but the angel is picking up his trumpet because Jesus is about to come. And when the trump sounds, Corey's getting up. Brad's getting up. Oh God, Mother Giles is getting up. Mother Davis is getting up. Mother Pierce is getting up. Mike's getting up. Betty Jean's getting up. Because the trump is going to be so loud. It's going to wake the dead. And then we that are alive and remain shall be caught up, shall be caught up, shall be caught up, shall be caught up. Oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215 or email us, info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you, and until next time, shalom, shalom.